Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? What, what is Dancing with a Black Elephant? Who's Dancing with a Black Elephant? Dancing with the Black Elephant? From Yeshiva University, this is Andrew Boyarski, and you are listening to Dancing with the Black Elephant. In episode number six, our first on pandemic flu, we spoke with Jessica Cole, who was a senior incident-specific planner for the Office of Emergency Preparedness and Response at the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. In part five, we discussed how risk managers should address preparation for pandemic flu and how this helps improve overall organizational resilience. Risk managers are responsible for managing risk, for identifying it, for analyzing it, prioritizing uh, and, and coming up with measures to, to mitigate that. Um, most often people think about insurance. Um, modern risk managers really look at the whole gamut of different measures that can be taken to address various risks. For those risk managers who are working in large organizations, they may be governmental organizations, they may be for-profit corporations, nonprofits, what have you, what type of advice would you provide to them in terms of steps that they can take to prepare for pandemic flu? Right, so as grim as all that previous conversation was in terms of numbers and pandemic influenza sounds scary, and especially when you talk about 1918, I actually have a lot of good news about these exactly this issue in terms of preparedness. Um, a lot is being done at the city, state, federal, and, and global level to plan for a pandemic, both um, at the private and public sector. I personally have been doing pandemic planning for over 10 years. So I've seen a lot of you know changes and nuance. I've also seen a pandemic. Um, so I can definitely tell you that there's been a lot of progress in terms of how we view and message pandemic issues. Uh, but from an organizational perspective, um, we have learned a lot from past events, not just 2009. We've also learned from Ebola and Zika in terms of messaging. I mean, that's a little bit more of a public health issue. But what it means is you do not, as a corporation or an entity, have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to messaging. There will be a lot of really good publicly accessible messages that come out from places like the health department or from the CDC that you can tap into that's trusted and reliable and not something that you have to figure out from, from scratch, essentially. You know, again, it would be doing things like stressing preventative measures, especially staying home if ill, um, so you don't infect other people, um, and how to practice self-care, when's appropriate to seek medical care. But in terms of the kinds of specific actions organizations can take, you know, one of the things I personally stress when I talk about pandemic um, issues to continuity groups and um, businesses is, you know, having more flexible work abilities like telecommuting and expanded leave for people who are ill. You know, one of the, the personal costs that come is that if you're ill, your child's ill, your partner's ill, now you're looking at two, four, six weeks of illness in the family. And, you know, that can be a heavy burden in terms of financially if you're not working. Not everyone has uh, multiple ways for people to, to care for loved ones. Um, in addition to you being sick yourself, you might be out 10 days from a, a flu. A flu is a, a serious illness. Um, so for uh, entities to be very um, cognizant of that and also to recognize, for example, no, your staff does not have to go see a doctor to get cleared to come back to work. That's the thing we've seen in the past recommended. We would not recommend people going to a doctor to get a note saying that they're fine. Um, just like with seasonal flu, if you haven't had a fever for you know 24 hours, you can you can go back to work. You know? um, so, being really good about that kind of messaging. Um, I also tell people you know be real present in the life of their staff. 
Uh, this is, uh, can be emotionally um, straining, financially straining. There's a lot of uncertainty. Even during a, a mild pandemic like 2009, we, we were seeing signs of that. Um, being able to um, uh, you know, provide actionable and in, empowering messages to your staff that matter um, is something that looks good for you and is also good public health practice, right? So um, I wouldn't say invest in uh, portal monitors. Those don't work in uh, pandemic flu. That doesn't really make sense in terms of the way a pandemic works. So giving messaging to your staff that, yes, it's okay for you to stay home, you know, that that's something that can mean a lot you know, mentally and financially to somebody, and also protect other of your, your staff members from potentially getting ill from, from somebody. Another thing that I like to stress about pandemic planning um, is there's, a, there's a unexpected benefits to organizations when they do pandemic planning. I think they think of it as, oh, God, it's so much, uh, it's, it's very catastrophic. It's, it is, but it isn't. Um, you do have, it's not like a, um, a no-notice event. You will generally have uh, awareness ahead of time when it's happening. So you'll be able to, you know, pull up your, your machinery of response would be one way to look at it. Also, any pandemic planning is just good continuity planning because the kinds of things that you would do for a pandemic as a scenario are also the kinds of things you might see for a major coastal storm in terms of staff outages and needing flexible um, commuting uh, policies, any kind of event where you might have 20 or 30% of your staff out at a time. Uh, it's a pandemic and also it could be something else. So it, it covers a lot of things that people in this industry should be looking at anyway in a way that's accessible to explain. It's not just enough to say, oh, we need a plan for staff outages. We need a plan for staff outages because during a pandemic, we have this potential of this many people out, or during a coastal storm, we could see 50% of our staff not here. You know, so these are the kinds of messages you can have to your, your leadership. Again, I really want to stress this when I talk about pandemic planning. Um, it kind of gets hand-to-hand of that message about being present and having actionable items. It's a new normal for people living in a pandemic. It's just you will see increased illness, but the vast majority of people's lives will continue pretty much as normal with this sort of shadow over it of, of illness. And, you know, just reminding people that a pandemic flu is not magical. It gets into your body in a very known way. Um, there are ways to protect against it. Um, you might not always be able to do so, uh, especially if you have small children in the house. But uh, you can protect against it. There are things you can do to not spread it to others and to try to prevent people spreading it to you. And also, if you do have it, there are ways to take care of yourself and there are medicines you can take if you if you need to. So it's not um, something that um, is unknown or unknowable or un- you can't plan for it. So there's a lot of good things that we can say about pandemic planning as a result. Well, this conversation has been very, very informative. And uh, I want to thank you very much for sharing this information uh, with our listening audience. And uh, I want to thank you for taking part in the podcast. Oh, Jessica. thank you. And hopefully they, uh, they got some good tidbits out of this. I'm sure that they did. We spoke with Jessica Cole, who was a senior incident specific planner for the Office of Emergency Preparedness and Response at the New York City Department of Health and Mental Hygiene. Look out for other parts of our conversation and episodes on pandemic flu at our podcast site. Find out more about our programs, including our MS and Enterprise Risk Management, at our website, www.yu.edu forward slash K-A-T-Z or CATS. We would like to hear your feedback on our podcasts, so please send us any questions or comments 
to us at catspodcast, K-A-T-Z-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at yu.edu. Thanks for listening.